Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It is Thursday, the weekend is drawing ever closer. Arsenal versus Burnley, of course, on Saturday at Turf Moor. Mikel Arteta will be speaking about that game at his pre-match press conference tomorrow at London. Colney, 9am start for that one. So we should get the very latest from him in terms of team news, talking points ahead of the game. Find out how Smith Rowe is, how... Gabriel Jesus, Alexander Zinchenko, all we might do. Anyway, <laughs> I say we'll find out when it comes to Mikel Arteta and revealing injury news. I think we've all kind of grown to understand how that works. So we probably won't find out, in fact. Having <laughs> said that, I've completely changed my mind already. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that game a little bit later on in, in this show. Look at some of the decisions facing Mikel Arteta in terms of what he could do with his team selection, depending, of course, who is fit and available. Got some questions and comments from you guys as well. But I wanted to start today's show by talking about Gabriel Martinelli. Now, first of all, if you've seen it, there are reports in Spain that Barcelona have, quotes, turned to Gabriel Martinelli in their search for a new left winger, um, which just made me laugh. And I wanted to talk about it. I'm not talking about it in, a, in respect of this being true or of any chance of it happening, because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I say that and immediately the wires stop turning in my brain uh, of uh, somehow it actually happening and this being clipped up and shown over and over again across social media. But I'm absolutely convinced it's not going to happen. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. Not so much the links. They are just coming out from Spain. And we know how the Spanish press, especially the Catalan press, you know, the, t the press that covers Barcelona 24-7 operates. We saw it with the recent rubbish about Mikel Arteta um, when his name was linked and then suddenly he'd been telling people at Arsenal that he wasn't going to sign a new contract and he was going to leave at the end of the season. Just complete rubbish. And that's how they operate. And so these sort of rumours that you're seeing now with Gabriel Martinelli, and I'm sure you've probably seen some of the headlines, is just the natural way of working over there and how it works and how Barcelona operate. 
But I think what's really interesting, what I kind of wanted to talk about was the fact that the days of me waking up, seeing headlines like this and thinking, oh no, this isn't good. Barcelona wants so-and-so are over. They don't worry me anymore. I thought that as I was reading them this morning, I just thought immediately, it's, it's, I'm not bothered by this. And I think that says an awful lot about where Arsenal are. I think it says a lot about where Barcelona are right now. But I think it also says an awful lot about where Arsenal are right now. For so long, Arsenal's fan base had to put up with seeing wonderful players come in, do well, and then a club like Barcelona suddenly circling, doing what they do, stirring up the hornet's nest, using the media to do it, and then coming in, unsettling players and taking them away for relatively cheap fees, to be honest, as well. But now that just hasn't, it just, I don't get the feeling that could ever happen. And us, and when you look at the project at Arsenal and what's gone on in the last few years and how things have turned around at Arsenal, it just absolutely speaks volume for where they are as a club right now and how they're viewed as a club right now. You know, I have no worry about someone as even as big as Barcelona, even with the sway that they have with South American players, which we know is a huge sway. I just have no fear of someone like Barcelona coming in and being able to take Arsenal's best talents away. And I just think that's a really, really great position to be in and a nice feeling to see these reports and just brush them off and think, that's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. Arsenal financially are so secure. They're in the best league in the world. They're in the, you know, take the Saudi league out of it. Financially, they're in the strongest league in the world where, you know, they can pretty much sign who they want and they can pay players what they want. You know, only Saudi really can do something a little bit different unless you're talking about, you know, PSG potentially. Um, Everyone wants to play in the Premier League and Arsenal as a club right now is a club that everyone wants to be at. You know, we saw that in the summer when Declan Rice chose to come to Arsenal over Manchester City. And so even if there is any resemblance of truth in these reports that Barcelona want Gabriel Martelli, I have no fear that he would even entertain the prospect of wanting to go there yet. And I think that's just such a fantastic thing. And I think it just shows how far Arsenal have come, where they've come and, you know, what sort of club it is right now. Um, And I I just think it's really great. And I've said the same thing. I said quite a similar thing when the Arteta stories started to come around again. It's just gone. I think it just shows everything has kind of gone full circle in football now. And, um, you know, the Premier League is where, where it's at. It's where players want to play. And, when Arsenal can pretty confident, confidently not be worried about Barcelona coming in and taking their squad, you know, cherry picking the best players out of their squad, which is something we've not been able to say really for the last 30 years, I think is a fantastic thing. Um, you know, and Gabby, they, they couldn't afford him anyway, you know, just to, you know, take, move all that out of the equation, just the simple finances of it all. You know, Barcelona is such a mess financially. Um, there's so much work to do at that club, huge amounts of work to do at that club. And um, they just couldn't afford him anyway. And uh, so, yeah, I have no fear. And that's what you should be thinking right now. If you've seen these reports this morning, you've seen all the headlines this morning and you're thinking, oh no, that's, that's a little bit of a worry. You should just have that nice feeling of calmness <laughs> when you're reading them. Just And that safety now, thinking, no, what's not going to happen? We're going to keep him. Arsenal are a club on the up with a young squad who want to achieve things, who have all got long-term contracts, um, playing in the best league in the world, playing in the league in the world where financially they can meet their financial requirements. 
and that's how you should be feeling about it when it comes to Martinelli, where it comes to, you know, William Saliba, Saka, anyone like that. Um, it's just a really good place to be. And that was my overriding thought when I when I was reading those stories this morning. So I just wanted to give my my thoughts on that. But let me know, of course, what you think in the comments below. Do you agree with what I said? Do you feel like that now? Do you think the days of fearing clubs coming poaching Arsenal's best players are now are now gone? Um, let me know in the comments below. Okay, turning intentions to Burnley at the weekend. Interesting game, this. Very interesting to see what Mikel Arteta does in terms of his team selection. Obviously, it might the the, the factors um, of the injuries could could come into the equation. You know, if Gabriel Jesus is fit, which will remains to be seen, if he is fit, if he is available, then there is of course the option of playing Gabriel Jesus as a forward. I don't think even if he's fit, given he's been out for a couple of weeks, I don't think he'd start anyway. So, I think it will be Kai Havertz or. Leandro Trossard. For me personally, I would say you go with what you saw against West Ham. I think if Tommy Asu's available, then I think you probably play Tommy Asu at left back. I think Kivio's playing really well at the moment. I thought he played well against um, West Ham. Obviously, he played very well when he came on against Liverpool. But if Tommy's fit, I still think you bring Tommy in at left back for that one. I know you're supposed to reward good performances, and I kind of agree with that in a way. But I think if you're playing a player out of position, even if he's played pretty well, I think you bring Tomiyasu in just because of how naturally good Tomiyasu is on that side. Um, and I feel like Burnley away could be a good game for him anyway. So personally, I'd be going with Tomiyasu. But Trossard, I think that's going to be a really interesting one. What do you do with the, with the centre forward? I think you keep it as is against West Ham. I think when you play as well as you did against West Ham, when you cause a team away from home as many problems as you did um, at the London Stadium, I just don't think you need to tinker too much. Obviously, you've got the Champions League game on Wednesday night to take in to kind of factor it in factor into it all you know do you want to rest a few players for the Champions League and this is something that Mikel's now going to have to really consider with the Champions League back he hasn't had to worry about that for a while even in the group stages in a way it wasn't something that was absolutely you know top of the agenda I think now obviously with the knockout stages with the jeopardy that you've got on that that you've got to factor in Champions League do you make any changes I don't think he will for this one I think he could I think he'd be fairly confident that he could play a team at three o'clock on Saturday and then that team could still be fine to play on Wednesday night away in Portugal. So I don't think we'll see too many changes because of the Champions League. But Trossard, for me, I think you play as the nine. Um, I don't think you need to make too many changes from that. And then you've obviously got Saka and Martinelli out wide. I think you'll probably stick with what we saw um, at West Ham in terms of the midfield. So you have Declan Rice there and then you have Havertz and Odegaard, which would allow the triangle of Odegaard, Havertz and Trossard to rotate, to switch over, to move around and hopefully pull the defenders apart as much as they did in the game against West Ham. And then at the back, as I said, you kind of stick with what you've got apart from maybe Tomiyasu coming in at left back. So that's my thoughts on it. Smith Rowe, we wait and see how Emil is, like I reported earlier on the week, that ankle injury that he suffered in training last Thursday, ruling him out of the West Ham game. Um, you know, that was a blow for him. It was a blow for Arsenal as well, I think. And, but the good news is that it's not anything serious. Whether Burnley comes too soon, it probably might. But, you know, it's not going to be a long-term thing. We're not looking at another couple of months out for Smith Rowe. If he doesn't make Burnley this weekend, then hopefully he should certainly be right uh, for the Champions League game or the following week. It wasn't a serious injury. It was just a you know sort of one, two-week issue while you wait for the swelling and the bruising on the ankle to go down after he sort of twisted it when he landed. Uh, evading that slide tackle last week. So those are, you know, the team news-wise, I think Smith-Rowe, you certainly put listed as a doubt. Jesus and Zinchenko, you certainly list as a doubt. Fabio Vieira, looks like this one might come too soon for him. But of course, Simon and Collins are 
Standard, as I said yesterday, reporting that he could be back for the Porto first leg, which would be a big boost for Arsenal. Three months out for Fabio Vieira. Yes, he's still been a bit of a hit, hit and miss, but you hope he can come in. You know, he's still a valuable member of the squad and you hope he can come in and make a big impact between now and the end of the season if he does come back fit. So, yeah, interested to know your views on what you think Arsenal should do for the uh, for the Burnley game. Please do let me know in the comments below, you know, who should start. Do you think Havertz should keep his place? Do you think Trossard should start as number nine? Would you play Gabriel Jesus if Jesus is fit? Who plays at left back? Tommy Asu or Kivio or anything like that. Anything you want me to discuss in tomorrow's show regarding the Burnley game, please do let me know in the comments below. Like I said, Mikel will be speaking tomorrow at 9am. So we'll get the latest news from him. I'll do the video after the press conference. I'll wait and see until uh, in terms of what Mikel's had to say uh, before doing a video tomorrow. So you've got plenty of time to get your views in to be involved in that show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Okay, moving on to some of your questions and comments. Now, I have one from John here. So, Charles, given that Jesus can play in any position across the front line, I sometimes wonder why Mikel doesn't use him more on the right to give Saka some respite. Saka uh, tired towards the end of last season, and along with Saliba's injury, it hurt us. In the running, it did, yeah, 100%. I think it's a really good option as well. I think, I think now, especially with the way Havertz has been playing when he plays as a nine and Trossard, I think it's something we can see more. And I think it's an option that Mikel should use more. Um, you know, we saw at the start of the season when Jesus plays out there, you want him to still play as central striker, but he can play the, the wing role very, very well because he's that good a footballer. He can play on the left, he can play on the right. He did it very well for Manchester City. It is definitely an option that I think maybe has been a little bit underused. And I think next season, when a new striker comes in, I think it's certainly something we will see more. Um, and it will give Mikel you know, real good option over there and the, and allow them to allow him either to rest Saka or Martinelli. I think another player will come in, which will allow him to do that as well in terms of another wide man in the summer transfer window. So there will be options for, for Mikel to give Saka a little bit more rest, which will certainly be a good thing. There's no doubt about it. Look, he's very durable. He manages to play pretty much every single game, every single minute, but He's played so many minutes already at such a young age. When you compare and contrast it to the likes of Foden at Man City, you know, a similar sort of age, how many minutes they have played, um, you know, he has played. It's just Saka's just on a whole other level in his career so far. Um, and there is a worry over that in terms of how much you're loading into a player so early on in his career. So you want to be able to give more options to give him a rest when needed. Um, and I think Jesus is definitely a good option, as you say, John. But um, I do wonder as well when another striker, another player comes in in the summer, if that will be a very good option to do that as well. So thank you very much for getting involved, John. Uh, here's one from Corey. He says, I've got a 
two topics to discuss. Another 10 out of 10 performance that goes under the radar. A lot of the time is when Theo Walcott scored that hat-trick against Newcastle at home. I think the score was 7-3 or something like that. Also a shout for RVP against Chelsea away. Again, a hat-trick, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I just can't. I struggle to praise RVP. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a very good performance from him. And the Walcott one was a great performance. Well, I captained him that day in my fantasy football team. I remember I had Giroud and I had Walcott as captain. And Walcott scored the hat-trick. Giroud came on in the second half and scored two. And I think he got an assist as well. So I was very happy watching that in the pub. Um, and then the second part, you say, which three signings would you make this upcoming summer? And which three sales would you make? Um, love the content. Thank you very much. Uh, which three signings? I'm not going to list names because I just, you know, I, I don't know. What, what I would certainly sign Pedro Neto. I would do all I could to sign Pedro Neto. I think he's perfect for Arsenal. I think he's at an age to really take his game to another level. There are a little bit of worries in terms of his injury record. But I think I'd still, I would still take that sort of, if you want to call it a gamble. But I just think he's so tailor-made for Arsenal. I think he suits them perfectly. And he would provide Arsenal with so much excellent top-level cover. As I said in the previous answer, it would allow you could play Neto on the right, you could rest Saka. There would be very little drop off there because I think Neto is that good. And I think he's showing that this season. Now he's back to full fitness with Wolves. And so he's certainly someone I would sign. I don't know in terms of the striker with a name. I honestly don't. I will just trust whoever Arsenal go for. I think obviously all the names doing the rounds are uh, uh, Tony Osimhen. Uh, Xerxes doing rounds, isn't he? Um, you know, I, I just don't know. Um, I Like I said, I would just trust them. But I think they certainly need a striker. So in terms of three signings, I would sign a midfielder. Um, I think Arsenal have to sign a midfielder. Um, so, you know, whether that be a Zubamendi or so, someone like that, and a an Nana, I don't know. But I would certainly sign a midfielder. I would sign a striker and I would sign a winger. And that winger would definitely be Pedro Neto for me. Um but in terms of the three sales I'd make, I would sell Reese, I would sell Eddie, and I would sell Aaron Ramsdale. Um, I think, I mean, Ramsdale is just, you know, just makes perfect sense. I think you've got to sell him. He'll want to move. Arsenal will have to then replace and get a second choice keeper in. But I would, you know, just it's not really tenable. I don't think having Aaron Ramsdale beyond the summer. Uh, I think this summer's the perfect time for Eddie to go. I think he needs it. It's his time to really sort of try and become first choice somewhere. So I'd sell him if the offer's there. And I think sell Reese as well, especially if you're signing someone like Pedro Neto. So those are the three sales I would make. I think Arsenal made some pretty good money from those three sales. And then, uh, yeah, you can invest that back into the squad. So there's my answer on that one, Corey. And here is one from uh, Reese. He says, hi, Charles. Have you been keeping tabs on Charlie Patino's situation at Swansea at all? Seems to be struggling to break into a poor championship team. Surely that can't be good for his potential path to the Arsenal first team. Seems like another failed loan for one of Arsenal's brightest prospects. I, don't, I certainly don't think it's a failed loan. I mean, Charlie's already got about 25 championship appearances this season. This is a 20-year-old kid playing, you know, top-level championship football, which is a really strong league. And he's already got about 25 Odd appearances, yes, not all of them are starts, but he's still getting a lot of minutes, a lot of game time. Um, so I don't think it's a failed championship loan at all. I didn't think it was last season. I thought he had a really good loan spell at Blackpool. You're not going to start all the games, unfortunately, as a 20-year-old kid. And they've had a change of manager as well, which I don't think helped him entirely. Obviously, if you're a loan player and you've got one and uh, you've been signed by one manager and then he leaves halfway through the season, gets replaced by another, and then that can always have a little bit of an impact. That manager sort of starts firefighting a little bit and you obviously turn to more experienced players to try and do that. It's just a natural way of football in a, in a way. Um, it's easy to sort of take out the lone kid from uh, from a Premier League club if you're, you're struggling and you're trying to survive and you just turn to more experienced players who have been there and done that um, time and time again. 
But I don't think it's a failed loan by any means for Charlie. Look, in terms of his potential path to the Arsenal first team, I've said it before, I, I think Charlie's probably going to go this summer. I think they'll sell. I think they were very close to selling him last summer. They didn't. They decided to reassess and give him another loan spell. And uh, then they were going to all sit down at the end of the season and come to a come to a decision about where his future might lie. And I still kind of feel like they're probably going to make the decision to sell. I think I'm not sure that he'd sign a new contract at the moment anyway. I think it would take a lot of um, convincing him to sign a new contract. And I I just feel like it, it, it's beginning. All, all the signs are suggesting that it's probably going to be time for Charlie to make a move and Arsenal will protect themselves. They'll get a good sell-on clause. They'll get a buyback option, a first, you know, a matching right option like they do with a lot of their young kids right now. And uh, hopefully they'll get a decent amount of money for him because you say it's been a failed loan, but he's played a lot of minutes in the championship. He's done well. Um, you know, he maybe hasn't hit the heights that we were hoping, and certainly after the bright start he made there, but I still think you could get a decent amount of money for him. Um, you know, not huge amounts by any means. Like I said, you protect yourself with the deal you strike in terms of money you can get further down the line with Charlie Patino. But um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's a failed loan, Reese. I think he's still done pretty well there and he's getting lots of minutes and that was the uh, that is the main idea. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time, as always. I really do appreciate it. Like I said, Mikel Arteta's press conference tomorrow is at 9am at London Colney, so keep your eyes peeled for all the usual stuff from that, reacting to what the Arsenal manager has had to say. Inside Arsenal, extra time is done and dusted. It's recorded. That will be going out later today at about 5pm. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Myself and James Bench sitting down, looking at what's remaining for Arsenal's season, predicting what sort of points total they are going to be getting at the end of the season or what they might be getting at the end of the season. So uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. But until then, until tomorrow, have a very good day, everyone. I will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 